Special guest sitting in with us today a little bit later on this week will be uh, the Olympic Games starting up Friday night with the opening ceremonies. And there is a uh, Northfielder who has uh, written not a book, but a couple of books on the uh, topics of Minnesotans in the Olympics. His name is uh, Patrick Mater. And Patrick, thank you so much for coming in today. Thanks for the invitation, Jeff. Yeah, it's, it's got to be an exciting time for you. You've written a couple of books on the Olympics and talked with a lot of Minnesota athletes and such and gearing up for kind of a different type of Olympic this year because of the pandemic and all the restrictions. But uh, nevertheless, uh, Olympics are always an exciting time. Yes, and the viewership is uh, still going to be there. It's just that they won't see the large spectators and the crowd cheering for them. So hopefully they'll be cheering at home instead. be an interesting uh, ambiance, I guess, <laughs> at the, uh, at the uh, Tokyo opening ceremonies. Uh, well, let's talk about some of the Minnesotans that are, are in this year. You've written two books. One is called Minnesota Gold, and the other is called More Minnesota Gold. Uh, we've had you on a couple of different times to talk about the Minnesota Gold, which is kind of historically, uh, you, you've got uh, that first book covers, boy, everything from maybe, I, I want to say back in the 20s? Uh, 1948. 48. Yep. Uh, and the reason for that is because I only did Living Olympians, mm-hmm. and the old, the person going back furthest in the Olympics who's still living was on the 1948 hockey team. Mm-hmm. And so it is through this year. Um, there's one athlete that I interviewed who's in this year's Olympics, but the majority are uh, different sports, different eras, uh, all the way for the times in between 1948 to 19 to 2020. Now this year, from what I understand, Minnesota has something like 17 athletes that will be competing in the Summer Games. That's right. Uh, there are actually 14 from Minnesota. The reason it's 17 is because uh, there's one athlete who's at the University of Minnesota, but he's actually, I think, from Nevada. And then there are two athletes from the Lynx Mm -hmm. who are not from Minnesota but play for the uh, Minnesota Lynx professional women's basketball team. So there are actually 14 uh, people who were had their formative years in Minnesota. Uh, Rachel Blount from Star Tribune always does a wonderful job um, highlighting that she did this Sunday. Yeah, she. Yeah, I, I read that uh, on Sunday's paper. She did a great job of that, and I'm sure she'll be doing a great job at the Olympics uh, actually uh, covering some of those. Fourteen, boy, that seems like a lot. A pretty good crop of Minnesotans. Do you, I don't know if you, do they keep records? I mean, is that is that a lot for Minnesota? Yes, it is for the Summer Olympics. Uh, we traditionally have a very large representation, of course, in the winter because of hockey and curling and our climate and environment foster that as well as pride and heritage. But for Minnesota to have 14 is pretty remarkable, especially in gymnastics because there are only 10 people who made the uh, men's and women's gymnastics team and three are from Minnesota. So 30% of the team is composed of Minnesotans. And that is quite a tribute to SUNY Lee, Grace McCollum, and Shane Wiskus, mm-hmm. who uh, all made the team. And they all have legitimate shots of, uh, of meddling at some, in some area. Certainly for the women. Um, mm-hmm. Shane will have a little more challenge, but the uh, <laughs> women uh, have a great opportunity to even win the gold medal as a team. And individually, uh, it would not be a surprise to see at least SUNY Lee uh, medal as well. Let's talk about perhaps uh, Minnesota's best opportunity to get a gold medal, and that is from a young swimmer who is from just right up the road here, Lakeville, Regan Smith. 
will be competing in the backstroke and actually I think a couple of different events, but uh, in one in particular, she might be the swimmer to beat. She is. She's actually the world record holder in the 200-meter backstroke, Mm -hmm. which she unfortunately did not qualify. She got third in in swimming, only the top two get to go to the Olympics. But she did qualify in the 100-meter backstroke and the 200-meter butterfly. And she'll probably be on one of the relay teams as well. Uh, She is. I did interview Reagan. She's a remarkable young woman. I interviewed her when she was 16, and I was just amazed at how mature, how polished, how level-headed she was. She was still trying to participate in all her classes, um, very excited to get her driver's license. Uh, she was, uh, she's a bit of an introvert. Uh, she's learning how to deal with the media, getting more comfortable with that. Uh, part of the reason she's really successful besides her talent and her effort is she has hyperextended elbows which is a benefit to a backstroker because they can reach more directly back. And she demonstrated it to me, and it looks painful. It looks excruciating <laughs> oh, when she's doing it. It sounds painful. <laughs> but she, it, it actually is a benefit for her, and it was fun to, that she was willing to demonstrate that to me because I wasn't aware of it when I interviewed her. <laughs> Uh, Once again, Patrick Mater is our guest today. With the Olympics coming up, we're talking about uh, Minnesotans in the the Olympics, the uh, 2021 Olympics, which should have been the 2020 Olympics. And and Patrick, why don't we we go down that road for just a moment or so. Your book came out right around the time the the pandemic kind of broke out, leading into what would have been the 2020 Games in Tokyo. Uh, Boy, that's kind of a, a... unfortunate timing but were you able to to get the I mean, as far as the book goes and all the interviews everything was done before that pandemic started that's right i would thought i was being wise in having it come out in april or march rather of 2020 that way i had enough lead time going into the olympics uh, and i thought it would be you know i'd have a lot of speaking engagements and i'd um, just enjoy the time uh, sharing the information about these Olympians. Unfortunately, with the stay-at-home order, my book came out that week in March, and it has not been successful uh, as far as sales, and everything's been delayed. I had a book launch scheduled at the Braemar Golf Club, which also was canceled, but I'm actually hoping to do it now in January of 2022 before the Winter Games. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually having a Zoom celebration on Monday, August 9th, the day after the uh, Olympic closing ceremonies, and anybody is willing to join it, I can send you the link, Jeff, if you're interested in it. Uh, and uh, four Olympians have already committed, uh, not current Olympians, but previous Olympians, mm-hmm. uh, two speed skaters, a swimmer, and a, uh, let's see, a ski jumper, I believe, is the fourth one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, a book itself Tell us about some of the athletes that you interviewed. Some of the, I, I'm sure they are all very interesting, and they all have their own unique story. But are, are there any in particular that kind of st- stand out for either their accomplishments or what it took for them to get to that point of accomplishment? There, there are many. Um, one thing I would like to tell the listeners is the Paralympians were really a remarkable group um, because. They work and train just as hard as able-bodied Olympians, but every morning they wake up and they're still disabled. So they still are missing a leg or they're missing an arm or they're deaf or they're blind. Uh, They still have some 
handicap that they're dealing with. So I found them particularly remarkable, but there are a lot of athletes, um, wrestlers, the dedication they have, and they're working in this training and gymnastics. They're, I mean, you do, you only see Suni Lee when she is uh, on the world stage in front of the television cameras, but she's spending six or more hours a day training, often alone or with just a coach. So they're pretty remarkable. If I were to name one person that really was inspirational, it's a ski jumper named Jerry Martin. He made the 1976 Olympic team. But right before the Olympics, uh, less than three months before the trials, he was doing construction work to earn money for his training and his coaching because they weren't very well funded. And he was striking a nail into some uh, brickwork, and he hit it off center in it rebounded and hit him in the eye and he went blind in his left eye and here he was three months away from the olympic trials and he could only see through his right eye and he still decided he was going to try it and he won the trials and then he goes to the olympics and he finished in the middle of the pack of about 70 jumpers i think Mm -hmm. he was 34th and i just thought for someone to go through that I would have been so frightened, and yet he had the courage to just give it his best shot. Uh, What's fun about this story is 20 years later, the University of Minnesota is doing rather experimental uh, optical surgery, and they contacted him, and he went through it, and now he can see. Wow. Boy, a fascinating story. And you have this book, by the way, uh, that you have just put out, More Minnesota Gold, just a beautiful book. Uh, it's filled with colored pictures. It has uh, uh, each of the uh, stories uh, in kind of long form here. And I, I wouldn't say long form, but uh, you, you, you dedicate enough of the pages to, to get the whole story in. Uh, Amy Peterson was a uh, very interesting story. We were talking about her before we went on to the air. Uh, she, was a, uh, she was the flag bearer. That's correct. Minnesota's only had two flag bearers throughout mm-hmm. the Olympics. Cindy Nelson, uh, alpine skier from Lutzen, Minnesota, was in 1976. And then Amy Peterson, who is from Maplewood, Minnesota, went to St. Paul Johnson High School. She was the flag bearer in 2002 uh, Winter Games in Salt Lake City. And it was it's always an honor, of course, because your fellow athletes are the ones who pick you. But it was particularly striking in 2002 because... It was the first games after the 2001 terrorist attack on the World Trade Center and, and other places. And Amy Peterson, a quiet, dedicated, five-time Olympian, the only person from Minnesota who's ever been a five-time Olympian, was chosen as the flag bearer. And that was certainly appropriate, I imagine. Sure, that was quite the uh, honor and thrill for her. It, it was, and yet she's so modest, she hardly mentions it. You almost have to bring it up. What's really fun about Amy also is uh, she now has four boys, and they're all speed skaters, but she went from St. Paul Johnson High School, moved to upstate New York, got married to a dairy farmer with 1,000 milk cows, and now she, so she went from the Metro Life to the rural life and she's just adapted amazingly well and uh, she loves the life and she loves her four kids and husband it's quite the story wow man and she's a five-time olympian there's probably a lot of people who uh, know her and never realized it (laughs) that's that's right she actually went to concordia um, university in saint paul after she was an olympian and she was a golfer on their team Mm -hmm. (laughs) so she's 
she's actually a multi-sport um, athlete. She was in golf. She was in speed skating, of course. She was also in figure skating, and she thinks that actually gave her an edge in speed skating. But she was also a very good soccer player. So a lot of these athletes have a well-rounded background. We're talking once again with uh, Patrick Mater about his book, More Minnesota Gold, a follow-up with more Minnesotans who have been into the uh, been in the Olympics. Uh, we uh, it's follow-up to his first book called Just Minnesota Gold. Uh, so More Minnesota Gold. During that first book, you you talked with a lot of, as you mentioned, older athletes that are still alive, so it may have competed back in 1948. Is the new book focused uh, on that the whole same time period? Were you able to track down some people from, uh, I want to say long ago, but uh, the, the distant past and talk with them? Or is this focusing more on new people? It's generally a little younger generation. I mm-hmm. intentionally did the older ones for the first book because I want it some of them were in their 80s, mm-hmm. and I wanted to be able to uh, learn about their ex- Olympic experiences while they were alive. But uh, I, I did go to Arizona to with a friend, Tom Boylan from Northfield, to interview a hockey player named Arnie Oss. And it was a delightful interview. He brought out his 1952 Olympic winter coat, and we got to put it on, and it was uh, just... And he brought out his silver medal for us to see. It, it was just a fun chance. And again, just a modest guy uh, from Minneapolis who didn't play high school hockey. Wow, uh, didn't play high school hockey? Did they not have it at that time? Or? Uh, his high school did not start until his senior year, and he had already committed to the basketball team. Mm-hmm. So he fulfilled his obligation there but he had always played club sport club hockey and then he went to college at Dartmouth and he played for their team and he was an all-american there well you have uh, a lot of names in here some of them are very familiar to Minnesotans who watch the Olympics others may not be some of them uh, you know were not the gold medal winners the national heroes and such but they still have they competed and they uh, went to the Olympics and still have some real neat stories to tell uh, is there anyone like that that sticks out for a, uh, I want to say non-accomplishment, <laughs> but you know, is there a uh, a person who may not have ended up with their dreams, failed somehow, that you uh, might have talked to that has an inspiring story? Uh, there were a couple of people that I interviewed who were Olympians, but mm-hmm. because the coaches had discretion on who could compete in certain events, uh-huh. they never got to compete. Mm-hmm. And that may have been heartbreaking. Oh, I bet. Uh, and yet, they took it with quite a bit of grace. Um, I remember in particular a woman speed skater named Kim Kostrin. Uh, I, she made the Olympic team, uh, and then because of the, the way the schedule went, the coach chose different women athletes to do the events. But she still was proud to be a member of the team, and she did not complain about it. You know, I'm looking at all the different uh, sports that uh, they have been involved in, everything from rowing, alpine skiing, water polo, uh, wheelchair basketball, the biathlon, bobsledding, curling, uh, long-distance running. Uh, it's Boy, that's about every sport you could imagine we even have uh, minnesotans competing in is it rock climbing i don't know if that was new this year they've had mm-hmm. that before but still some interesting sports that's right the olympics do keep growing for example curling didn't become an olympic sport it had been an olympic sport i think in the 1920s and then it had a long hiatus and was renewed i believe in the 1990s and minnesota dominates mm-hmm. curling 
uh, in the fact the 2018 men's team that won the gold medal, four of the five athletes are from Minnesota. And the women's team was, I believe, three of the five were from Minnesota. So there's great representation there. Uh, climbing, you're correct, it's a brand new sport. Uh, Kira Kandi from Shoreview is the Olympian from Minnesota. Uh, and you know, it still kind of fits our geography because of the St. Croix Falls area mm -hmm. with the climbing there on the bluffs. So Minnesotans seem to find a way. Uh, just, it's not just always hockey anymore. It's uh, rowing. Uh, one gentleman was an alternate this year. Uh, and we've had at least three rowers, uh, all who've won Olympic medals. Now, refresh my memory, you had mentioned some of the Paralympic athletes that you had spoken mm -hmm. with. Is that taking place after the uh, the Summer Olympic Games? Yes, it is. And it always follows in the same venues. Mm -hmm. So the Paralympians really do get the feel of being the center of attention. Uh, although it's following the Olympics, uh it has really come on strong. A lot of people deserve credit for this. Uh, the Paralympians I interviewed, there's a wheelchair basketball player from Elysian who I actually taught as a sixth grader mm -hmm. uh, at Waterville Elysian Morristown, and she's more kind of the star of the team. Uh, so Rose Hollerman is her name. Uh, another Paralympian who is just remarkable is a blind athlete from Bemidji named Jim Mastro. Uh, he was a great athlete. He competed in high school as a blind athlete in the public school system, mm -hmm. in the regular high school league. And then he just, um, through sheer will and effort you know, he, and the support of his wife, he just became a Paralympian multi-gold medalist. What, uh, what uh, sport does he compete he in? He did multiple stort, sports, but uh, shot put in particular. He was okay. a very strong guy. Uh, so he did another one called goalball, mm -hmm. which is a Paralympic sport only. And l l let's move on to the uh, the event after that. It's the Winter Olympics, and next year will be, uh, 2022, as you had mentioned before, will be an Olympic year, uh, with Tokyo being uh, pushed back a year. We got them just back-to-back -back here, so it's almost like uh, old days when they were <laughs> they were scheduled for the same year. W where are the Olympics at, the Winter Olympics? Do you know? Yes, they will be in Beijing, China. Beijing, that's and right. And they also hosted the 2008 summer games. Mm -hmm. So Beijing, uh, Asia is just getting a lot of attention right now. Uh, it had been ignored for a long time, so maybe they're, it's enti they're entitled to it. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, there are going to be a lot of Minnesota on that, on that Winter Olympic team. All right. Well, I look forward to uh, having you back maybe when the, uh, when the Winter Olympics come on. In the meantime, uh, where can people get the book? Uh, actually, uh, I generally just sell it uh, through my website, mm -hmm. patrickmater.com. Uh, I've learned Amazon is kind of a hurtful thing to a bookseller because Amazon takes 57%. Ooh, and wow. Uh, so I really, because of production costs, I actually lose money for every book sale on Amazon. So uh, if it, anybody's interested, uh, they can feel free to, a lot of people know our phone number. Otherwise, go to our website and uh, you will get a discount. And what is the website? It's patrickmater.com. It's uh, Patrick and M-A-D-E-R. 
Minnesotagold.com. More Minnesota Gold, Minnesota Gold, and more Minnesota Gold, the name of the two books. Patrick, we're out of time, but thank you so much for coming in. It's fascinating. And uh, what else, anything else you'd like to mention while we have it before we let you go? Uh, just a reminder that if people are interested, uh, Monday, August 9th, uh, probably around 7 o'clock, there will uh, be an opportunity if you want to hear from previous Olympians, uh, a Zoom meeting that the publisher Wise Inc. is hosting. Uh, also, there will be a book launch, hopefully, if uh, uh, things, the pandemic is, guidelines remain eased uh in january Mm -hmm. so please know you're welcome and thank you jeff another wonderful book thank you so much for coming in we certainly appreciate it enjoy the olympics this year i plan to thanks jeff (laughs) all right patrick mater once again more minnesota gold is the name of that got one final news update rich is up 